1: Welcome everyone to the Irish Breakdown podcast. The main source of Notre Dame content here at irishbreakdown.com. I am the director of recruiting at Irish Breakdown, Ryan Roberts joined of course by the publisher of the site, Mr. Brian Driscoll. Want to thank you all of course for joining us today. Want to say before we begin if you could like, subscribe, hit the notification bell and share this podcast. We have a lot of extra shows now with uh, with Sean Steyer's new show, the i the IB Nation sports talk show, as long with our daily show here every day at one o'clock Eastern time. Don't want to make sure that you miss any of the hot news today. We'll be talking a little, couple recruiting tidbits on today, but mostly we'll be getting into Lindy's and Athlon's rankings of the Notre Dame offensive positions going into the season. But of course, as people are well aware in the chat, we have to begin the show there was, uh, Brian, some some controversy over some comments recently. Well, actually, maybe I shouldn't say comments. Dennis Dodd kind of portrayed Marcus <laughs> Freeman a certain way very recently. And today, we had an interview that Marcus Freeman did recently that kind of dispelled how he was portrayed. So take us through some of these comments, Brian. And I know you have a lot of thoughts, and I know people yes. are really looking forward to it. I have a
2: lot of thoughts on Dennis Dodd.
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
2: (laughs) Uh, First of all, I I read the article before the Ohio State people kind of started getting all in their feelings about it right and that's just what Ohio State fans do it's like for all the success you've had you'd think they'd be a little less sensitive but they're not so but that's beside the point as I'm reading the article I didn't even get to that part yet before I was annoyed it was just a typical Dennis Dodd hackery and and Dennis Dodd is a straight clown he's always been a straight clown He's pretty much a crap writer anyway, but he's always had an axe to grind against Notre Dame. He's constantly having to backtrack this, backtrack that, go all the way back to comments he made about Don Treadway, uh, all the way back in Michigan State in 2010. He's a hack. He's someone who cares about hearing his name talked about as opposed to journalistic integrity. And it's people like him that is why you don't hear me call myself a journalist because I don't want to be associated with people like that. And it used to be where people like that were sort of like, you know, kind of on an island, I felt. Right. And then and then like you had these like clowns like Skip Bayless, but they were like the unique, like weird, like personalities that just cared more about their fame than they did about like doing the job credible. Now that's about all you see on a national stage. It's like it's clickbait. It's clickbait. Let's have some stupid argument where I say some outlandish thing, you know, that, that everyone's going to talk about, because, you know, as long as I'm being talked about, that's a good thing. That's who Dennis Dodd has always been. He's a hack. And he's always had this, this anti Notre Dame thing. He's always got to make these comments and, and, you know, trying to tear Notre Dame down. And even in this article, before you get to the Ohio state nonsense, Ryan, I just had you read that part <clears throat> that about the Dolly Duffy interaction. Did you read that? Yep. Like, yep what was the point of including that in the article? It, right. it was absurd other than to have it to where some lady shided him. Right. Like, this is my time. Like, I don't even know who this lady is. Nobody cares who this lady is. Right. Like, What did that have to do with anything? And that's not no disrespect to Dolly Duffy, but like, what does she have to do with this article? Mm -mm. She has nothing to do with this article. It just was, it was a little, and this is what he does. He'll write this thing where he talks about this thing and this nice thing and the other kind of thing. But then when you talk about his, you know, just the title, you know, hype train, like I just felt like that was disrespectful. And that's probably me reading into him knowing he's a hack and knowing how he uses things like this. And then, you know, that little part about about Dolly, it's like, why, why put that up there so you can get some awkward segue just so you can kind of get that some lady talk down to Marcus Freeman? Like you're a clown. Right. And then he kind of dives into this whole this academic thing. And this guy never had a nice thing to say about Brian Kelly until Brian Kelly's at LSU taking shots in Notre Dame. Then he wants to write you know all this nonsense. And then that led to me just destroying Brian Kelly on this very platform because that's who Dennis Dodd is. He's a hack. You know, he likes putting out stuff that's going to create emotion rather than telling a good story or reporting the news. And he had an attempt to really put portray Marcus Freeman and, and the uniqueness of his of his ascendancy to this position. You have a 36 year old guy that has taken over at one of the most prestigious institutions in America. And you want to kind of start putting him into this quote. I love this one. Right Free, Freeman is still in a silo with those other gentlemen who became first time head coaches at the at, at one of the biggest pressure cookers in sports, Jerry Faust, Bob Davy, and Charlie Weiss. Oh man, right? I'm like, really, really? And then he says the new coach is repeating a lot of what previous coaches have said. This is right after talking about Jerry about ba- Jerry Faust, Bob Davy, and Charlie Weiss. Mm-hmm. It, it just the whole thing was just a, a bunch of absolute just typical, Dennis Dodd hackery. And and you know, look, the, the other problem I have too, Ryan, is I don't know why Notre Dame continues to allow this guy to be around. They don't have to look, they can choose who to credential who not to credential. And 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 you want to credential them fine. Let them show up and, and be at interviews. But mm-hmm. why would they give him a one-on-one? I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give a little bit of a benefit of the doubt to like, you know, to, to people at Notre Dame that are setting these things up because a lot of them are somewhat still new. Sure. And you know, like Notre Dame's current SID Katie Lonergan, really respect Katie. Like what she does, but she's only been here a couple years, and they had her first year was like the COVID year and all that. She doesn't have the history of what some of these outlets are that that you and I might have history to, right? And then she's surrounded by a lot of other people who are new. So there's not like the the you know the the history of where like a John Heiser is going to know. Okay, here's the agenda that this guy's coming from, and that's part of the learning process. So this isn't a shot at Katie, but there's enough people at Notre Dame that this kind of thing needs to be said, like, Hey, look, this guy, you gotta be careful with this guy. Like coach Freeman needed to go into that interview, knowing that this is who Dennis Dodd is, or here's the thought, don't interview with Dennis Dodd. Why, why, who cares what CBS sports thinks, but that's what Notre Dame does, right? Like they'll not give the local media a whole lot of access, but then any chance ESPN wants to talk or CBS sports or the athletic, all these outlets that are are going to put him in awkward situations or misquote him or do whatever else. And they kind of did it to Brian Kelly. Although, the difficulty of the Brian Kelly tenure was he often gave them legitimate red meat to kind of run with it. it, it it's like, but you, you got to know that, right? You got to uh-huh. be, you got to prepare him for that. That's kind of what you're supposed to do. And, and clearly he, he went into that interview thinking I can be honest and we can have a conversation and you're going to quote me correctly. The mistake that Marcus Freeman made was assuming that Dennis Dodd was either a professional. She's not B honest and had, you know, from an integrity standpoint, his job, which he doesn't and see that he has talent, which he doesn't. And so that's a bad trio for someone at a national outlet. And he mm-hmm. did what it was very, like, if you'd have told me, Hey, Dennis Dodds got an article coming out about Notre Dame. I'd, oh, great. Now what's yeah. he going to say? Right? right. That's just who he is. He's an unprofessional, um, just absolute clown. There's really no other way to say it. And, and I, I'm, I'll own that. Right, that's not like the most intellectual way to describe someone, but I mean, I you got a better word? I I because the words that I have, I don't like to use on this this platform,
1: right? So, well, I'll, I'll say this, Brian. I mean, just for some context, I guess, of if people haven't seen what a hundred percent was said, so it was basically a situation where they were talking about the academic rigor mm-hmm. at Notre Dame, and he was, you know, they're asking, and it's a typical question, right? Everyone knows it. You have to be a you have to be a student athlete to succeed at Notre Dame, obviously. Mm-hmm. And in the comparison he talked about, hey, Notre Dame is a small Catholic institution, right? what do you say 8500 students I think, some, somewhere in that ballpark, and he was comparing it to an Ohio State or some of the other bigger public institutions that get 60,000, 80,000, mm-hmm. whatever their their um, the amount of students that they have at their schools are, right? So he was comparing them, and he – I think the I, – I, and this is not word for word here, but he basically said, if you don't go to school, if you don't go to class at an Ohio State, and basically they dropped the if at there, right? And he, They were kind of like, oh, wow, you're saying that they don't go to class at Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, like
2: the way he wrote it, because he had the if on there, right? Like it says, yep. if you don't go to class, and then he put brackets at those places. Basically kind of like, and that's not really what Coach said. Okay, take some online classes, show up for your final. At Notre Dame, you're forced every day to go to class. The mm-hmm. He left out a lot in the middle. um, And, and then they did put an editor's note. Free, it said, Freeman was citing Ohio State and Cincinnati's examples of large public universities with enrollments of 60 and over 60 and 40,000, respectively. This context was not included in the initial publication of the quote above, which has also been amended for clarity. So we actually, they might have just added the if back in. Right. That's the thing. So, I mean, the fact. To, to have an editor come back in and make that kind of correction shows that they know this was not. Because if Marcus Freeman says, like people say all the time, well, I wasn't quoted correctly. Well, I have the notes and I'm not changing it because I did quote you in proper context and I did quote you accurately. The fact that you're getting blowback is not my problem. And that, and that would be accurate. If Dennis Dodd would have quoted Marcus Freeman in perfect context instead of exactly what he said, and Coach Freeman was catching flack for what he said, that's fair game, right? That, that's not Dennis Dodd's problem. What bothers me is when you spin something or leave out very important context in an attempt to create a black eye on Notre Dame, that's what Dennis Dodd does. And that's what his intention was here. To have an editor come back in and say that is a really bad look. Really bad look. And yeah. and then they they obviously have changed since changed that. But he, he even even with the change one, it makes it look like he's saying at Notre Dame you're forced every day to go to class.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's
2: not what he was talking about. Right. Right. Like, why is he hiring a bunch of Ohio State people? You know what I mean? Like, why would he say he's like you say, he's got two degrees from Ohio State. Why would he basically like kind of destroy that by to take some shot with Dennis Dodd? Like and Ryan, when he said it, like there's a I did not comment on this on the board yesterday. I didn't comment it on Twitter because honestly, I was going to reach out to coach after the current. There's a, a big official visitor on campus that I didn't want to. I knew I wasn't going to get that kind of time but I was going to reach out to him or, you know, Katie or, you know, whoever else and kind of be like, Hey, can I get some clarification on this comment? Because the when I read it, like that doesn't sound like what Marcus Freeman is about. Yeah. It doesn't sound like what he says. And and I know Ohio state fans like to take things he says and and get all sensitive and in their feelings. Like when he said, you know, when he first got hired about, you know, coming to Notre Dame or Ohio state and that kind of thing. And, and, and that one was like, okay, I get what he was saying. And I get why they're upset. They shouldn't be upset. Like just not everything's about you. Right. this was one where it was like this sounds nothing like what Marcus Freeman's about mm-hmm. this sounds nothing like who Marcus Freeman is and this isn't the kind of comment you'd expect Marcus Freeman to say so I just had a feeling like and and then if if like if Tim priester would have had an interview with with Marcus Freeman and and made that exact quote I'd have been like well that's unfortunate for coach Freeman to say that right like mm-hmm. I, because I I give Tim priester the benefit of Tim's not out there to try to in my opinion, and, and I've been reading Tim for decades, if, if Lou emoji was still with us and would have had a quote like that, I would have said, Matt, unfortunate that Coach said that because they're people that I respect. They're people of integrity that, yes, we all want to have something that's that gets read by a lot of people. Otherwise, we don't have a job, right? But you want it to be an accurate thing. When, it's, when I read that quote and then was like, oh, yeah, this is a Dennis Dodd piece. I immediately was like, I put no stock in that at all. <laughs> And then you hear what coach Freeman and I love the fact that he said, send me the audio. That was right. great. Send yep. me the audio. Cause I want to hear it. Like at that point, Dennis Dodd's got to be like, Uh-oh. like "Uh Oh, like this could, this could end up not going well. If he has any integrity at all. And maybe he didn't say that because I don't think he does, but uh, you know, and then he read it within context and and that is the proper context. Like, and look your last star quarterback before CJ Stroud has talked about how he took all his classes online. The, the, your your last quarterback to start and win a national championship made the joke about like i didn't come here to do school right like now look i've got res, you know i've got some level of respect for what ohio State is trying to do but let's not pretend like you're trying to be like northwestern right i mean your kids do take online classes there's nothing wrong with that it's nothing and he's wrong not he's not that. saying that that's a problem right now the the thing that i think he is accenting is when you are taking an online class it is easier to get lost in the shuffle It is. And I would read that into it as someone who's been involved in, in this side of things. But it was not a comment like, you know, these kids, they go to take an online class, they show up for the finals, and then they don't do anything else. It's not what he was saying. He's talking about being in person and being around. And then he went on to talking about other aspects of how they're intertwined with the Notre Dame community. They're not kind of secluded like they are at a lot of places. And it was just, it was incredibly unprofessional Of Dennis Dodd. It was his typical spin. It was typical. Let me say enough complimentary things to make it look like I'm doing real journalism. But Mm -hmm. let me make sure I get my, my, my silly pettiness in there too, which is what that Dolly Duffy comment was all about, which is what this was all about. And, and, you know, tying him into you know Jerry Faust and all these other guys like okay how about you give proper context like why are we still talking about Charlie Weiss that was 15 years ago Charlie Weiss was hired almost 20 years ago right Jerry Faust was hired at Notre Dame when I was three freaking years old okay <laughs> like two was he was 80 he 80? It was 80 I think right 80 81 I was like two or three years old okay Bob Davy was hired I was still in high school right so why are we why aren't we talking about more con- hey you know what Let's look at the teams that are winning national championships. Where had Kirby Smart ever been a head coach before? Where had mm-hmm. where had Dabo ever been a head coach? Where had Dabo even been a coordinator before? You know, so you know, where had Ryan Day been a head coach before? Yep. So so we've seen these re- Lincoln Riley, where he, he had ever been a coach head coach before he got the he was the offensive coordinator like ECU three years before, he became the head coach at Oklahoma. Yep. So why is that that why aren't we using that context, right? Why, if you're going to talk about those three coaches, what level of success did any of those coaches have after they left Notre Dame?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Charlie Weiss got fired from Kansas in what two years? Something like that. Davey was a a below 500 coach at New Mexico. Jerry (laughs) Faust never coached again, I don't think. Right. So to me, it's like that stuff you say when you're trying to make a point that's a negative point when trying to spin. There's no context in one way or the other. Right. And, And that's who Dennis Dodd is. I think Dennis Dodd is is a hack. I think he's unprofessional. I think he's always had this grudge towards Notre Dame, and I'm not someone who buys in. The whole media hates Notre Dame. I, you know, I've pushed back against that. This clown, however, absolutely is that way, and he does this stuff and all the time. Like now, all of a sudden, you're Brian Kelly's cheerleader, right? <laughs> and he, and you know, it just—I would love to listen to that entire interview.
1: I I would like to hear it too because I mean, obviously, I. I was what listening to Coach Freeman's – do you want to call it a rebuttal
3: to the comments? I yeah, guess we'd call
1: I it a rebuttal, right? Clarific- I,
2: I think, yeah, it's a rebuttal. Yeah, let's call yeah. it a rebuttal because I think clarification makes mm-hmm. it seem like, you know, I did say that, but this is a flat right. rebuttal of I didn't say that. I didn't say it in the context. I didn't say it in, in any way that you portrayed it in, in that.
1: Right, right. So if you listen to the interview Coach Freeman did, it – I, I kind of thought about um, I kind of thought about Jimbo Fisher for a second, Brian. You remember after he, you know, had his quick, oh, I got to say something here, and I got to get all loud and, and kind of come at it a little very childish. Coach Freeman was just so eloquent talking about this situation, you know, and I, I, it was because, like you said, there are several things. It's like he has two degrees from Ohio State. Why would he talk bad about the University of Ohio State from an academic perspective? He literally has an advanced education from the institution. That doesn't make any sense. And he has continued to bring Ohio state people with him, right? Like you think about James Laurinaitis, that's now on the staff that he played with at the university. But for me, after listening to the, after listening to his interview that he did, I'm just more happy each and every time I hear coach Freeman speak that he is the head coach of Notre Dame. Cause even in when someone tries to make unnecessary controversy out of nothing, he's just like, such, such an eloquent speaker and just explains it so easily. And you're just like, yeah, that's a, that's a non-issue. Like, yeah. and I think, I think it's just more proof, honestly, Brian. Cause I mean, I know, I know, you mentioned that Dodd's kind of a Notre Dame hater or whatever, but even when people are trying to poke holes in coach Freeman right. so much, man, like you, hard, just, yeah. you can't find anything right now because I mean, and maybe something will happen at some point, but like at this moment, he has done everything at a very good in a very good way. So far, he's yeah. continued to, to, re-emphasize the same messages over and over again. And I actually think that Notre Dame comes out of this kind of looking good, to be honest. Coach Freeman does anyway, in my opinion.
2: I agree. And this is the same clown that remember when, when Ryan, you and I, I mean, I think we were talking at the time uh, because you and I had already started kind of going through the the process of maybe bringing you on and things like that when all this stuff was going down. And I think I told you at the time, like, you know, what I was hearing about Coach Freeman being the coach. And then Dennis Dodd Mm -hmm. comes out. Hearing Luke Fickle's the guy. Uh, you're not hearing uh, that from anybody. At Notre Dame. I can right. promise you that. You know what I mean. And I push back on his stuff at the time. And and you know then you start hearing well you know Brian Kelly's you know hearing the job's going to get him 15 million a year. like this. It's not just Notre Dame though. With Dennis Dodd, he's just like this. He's just a he's just I don't say bad at his job and let. But then I think, but he's not bad at his job from the standpoint of I think this is what he wants. I think he does this stuff on purpose. Right. He he's tra- just he's trying do this to with Notre
1: Dame. He's trying to get the yes. he's trying to get the attention. He's trying to get the Correct. clicks. That's that's why you Correct. manipulate a quote, right? To, to, you're trying to get a rise, you're trying exactly. to get a reaction, obviously. And he yeah. does
2: this stuff all the time. I think it's it's more noticeable Notre Dame, A, because I'm 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 someone who's always been a Notre Dame fan, grew up a Notre Dame fan. I'm in that Notre Dame universe now, but also because I do think he has an extra agenda when it comes to Notre Dame. And look, Notre Dame has given people plenty of reasons to be critical of them in the past. And and, and when Notre Dame does something that that deserves criticism, criticize it. We'll do that, right? That's the job. When Marcus Freeman does something that we don't evaluate as proper, uh, whether it be like an in-game decision, uh, let's say, you know, going for two when your team is up 11 already in the fourth quarter against Northwestern, hypothetically, and you go for two instead of one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to criticize you just like I did Brian Kelly. That's a real situation, by the way. That's why they lost against Northwestern because they kicked the field goal, kicked the t- had a touchdown, scored a two-point conversion to tie the game because no one in their right mind goes for two when you're up 11 in the fourth quarter, uh, except Brian Kelly, of course. We'll criticize Marcus Freeman when he does things like that, and we'll criticize him if, if there's a, a mistake here because that's our job, no matter how much we may like him or not. But don't invent crap to try to start drama. That's my frustration, and and there's too much of that going around right now, and and, and part of my frustration is because whether it's this, whether it's the Dante Moore recruitment, there's a lot of things going around, Monroe Freeling recruitment, there's a lot of stuff going around where I'm like, I know that's not true, or a partial truth, and it gets really freaking frustrating, and it just... it just, because a lot of it, it ends up, you know, hurting the program. And, and, and then you're like, then I have to spend all my time commenting on this nonsense as opposed to, you know, doing other things. And so there's just a lot of frustration that I have. And it's kind of like, stop letting these clowns in your building. Stop giving them access, direct one-on-one access to your coach. Because here's the reason. I am not a fan of saying we're not going to give Dennis Dodd a credential to Notre Dame. I'm not a fan of that, right? Let him have a credential, but, but let it be in a situation like, like what we get, right. Let him be at a press conference. Cause here's the deal. If you say something false, then we're all there. We all heard it. I can say, uh-uh, that's not what he said. And I've, and I've defended Brian Kelly against some things like this in the past too, where people would take something that Brian Kelly said they would tw- like twist it into the, like the, like, that's not what he meant when he said that. And you're just trying to start problems. And, you know, so let him do that because then we can all immediately. No, no, no. Hold on. I have the audio. Bam. Here here it is. This is what he said. That's not what he said. Right. And and then we can kind of we kind of go from there. But when you give him one on one access, it, it sort of comes down to his word versus your word, which is why I love the fact that Notre Dame asked Dodd for the audio. Right. Like just and I also thought, too, it was smart because you don't immediately come back with. Oh, I never said that. And then Dodd's got the audio. Well, no, here's exactly what you said. It's more <laughs> like, you know, maybe I did say that, but that's not how I meant it. And because that's going to change the, then it becomes a clarification, not a rebuttal to mm-hmm. your point, the word you used earlier, Ryan. Yep. And and I think that is, that is kind of where I view the situation is it's smart to ask for that clarification or not to to ask for the audio. So you can read him, but yeah, I didn't say that, that this guy's, you know, and he mentioned Dennis Dodd's name like three, four times in his rebuttal. So he was clearly making it like, I just, I read that as like, he's making it very clear, like this guy, you know, here he goes. And, and, and the funny thing is, this isn't going to change any Ohio state fans opinion. And I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've seen already seen tweets. Of, well, he he just needs to own what he said. I'm like, did you not hear him read? Like, but it doesn't matter. But that's what Dodd does, right? It's already out there. The black eyes kind of happen. He's it's it's, it's going to heal quickly because, like you said, Ryan, you know, there's no there's no there there, right? right?
1: It's no substance, and, yeah,
2: right. And so for most of people, it's like, yeah, this is just Dennis Dodd being Dennis Dodd, and um, yeah.
1: I, I guess it really is like a Skip Bayless situation, man. It's just like yeah. thriving off of con- tr- controversy, yeah. even if you make it yourself, you yeah. know, like
2: thriving yeah. off chaos, yeah. you know, and yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's a little frustrating because it's just, it's unnecessary mm-hmm. and it's unprofessional. It's childish. It's petty. And it shows a lack of talent. Like if you don't have enough, of ta- if you don't have enough confidence in your ability to get people to engage with what you do by just telling the story the way that it is like there's enough cool aspects to Marcus Freeman taking over that you Mm -hmm. don't need to spend this the way that it does just like when Lincoln Riley took over for Bob Stoops it was a great story you didn't need to you don't need to create dramas you know Dabo taking over for 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 uh, Tommy Bowden or was it Tommy Bowden right Tommy was coach at Clemson Terry was coach at Auburn correct yes yeah you know it just tell the story for what it is And if the story, if it doesn't have enough juice then it's just not an interesting story, don't tell it or just know that you're not going to get a click, a lot of clicks on that story. But this is who Dennis Dodd is. This is what he seeks. This is what I think he wants and likes. And uh, I just, uh, you know, the nice thing about kind of having your own thing is you don't got to worry about playing that game anymore. And so I don't have to play that game anymore. And so I'm going to tell you what I think. And Dennis Dodd is a is an absolute joke. He is a mm-hmm. disgrace to the profession of journalism. He is a disgrace to the profession that, that includes people like Tim Priester and Luce Emoji and, and, you know, other great writers over the years that that take a lot of pride in doing the job the right way. And, um, and he's, he's one of those reasons why I don't call, I, I never, you've never heard me call myself a journalist and never, I call myself an analyst and now I'm a publisher. Right. And, and it, it's because of people like that. And, There's so much of this in media and politics and in culture and in sports. It's just like, just tell the freaking story. Just be honest. That's your job. Your job is not to play favorites. Your job is to tell the story. If you're a journalist, that's what your job should be. And um, yeah, so uh, I would love, somebody said, invite Dennis Dodd to IB tailgate. I would love that. Would love to to let Dennis Dodd know uh, what I think about him outside of the because like like I would love to go up into a press conference just go off, but that be that would make me just as unprofessional and clownish as he is, sure. right? But if I bumped into him at a tailgate, that's a le- that's a different setting, you know. Uh, if I you know then then it might be like a hmm, let me uh, let me share a little piece of my mind with you. Would
1: you, you would act. you o- would you offer him a seat? Would you offer him a seat? Yes, in I the, would. Uh, oh, would you? Yeah, oh,
2: nice. yeah I, I still would. If he wanted one, yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, I can I, rip you and still be courteous. I mean, you that's know, fair. That's fair. That, that's that would say more about me than him, right? But
1: well, yeah. when I, I I knew after reading the situation, Brian, the, the article, and then listening to Coach Freeman, I knew that this was because I think most people out there are just you know gen, genuinely kind of from a Notre Dame perspective are genuinely upset because somebody tried to paint a picture about the Notre Dame head coach, right, and may, tried to make Marcus Freeman look a certain way. From our perspective, it's very because, you know, this is what we do, right? Like we we produce content in the same uh, right. in the same area. So it's not only just the fan aspect of like, wow, you're trying to make Notre Dame look bad. It's also dishonest journalism, right? right. Like it's just it's it's like the worst of every right. scenario and every vantage point from that right. instance, too, which just makes it even worse for me personally. And he,
2: here's the problem, Ryan. And in yep. whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's about all the things that have happened in our country the last three years, what happens is, is if you are, if you are, can someone considered a journalist? Right, like when I watch political news, there's journalism, and then there's like opinion stuff. You know the difference between, you know, uh, a person who's supposedly in, in a in a a news telling story or situation, or someone who's just giving you opinion of the things when you're someone who's considered a journalist whose job is to tell the news and you do the things that you do and it's in sports media, and politics. And to me, it's on both sides of the aisle, right? Like, I mean, I don't watch any political news shows anymore. Any, I'm not like, Oh, I still watch this channel. Cause they agree with me. No, they're hacks too. Okay. What happens is, is when real things do happen, you've now lost the trust of the public. And, and that's the danger, right? Is tell the truth, tell the story, whether it makes your side look bad or not, because when things really happen that matter, people need to know that they can trust it, whether you like it or not, or I like it or not, that they're going to get the truth. And I just like, who does that anymore? Like, who can we say in politics or sports that you can say, you know what, that is a, an outlet. That's just really about getting the truth out. There's individuals here and there. Sure. But the, you know, we're not getting that at ESPN anymore in sports. It's all yeah. opinion and spin and analysis, right? There's there's no one that does news. And then the one person that I thought told a good story was Tom Rinaldi, and they got rid of him. Yeah. And then the the, the few good re- reporters they had, they've been getting rid of because you know there's no money in telling the truth and telling news, which you know is a joke. But anyway, I,
1: it's it's so sad because I, I think I texted you about this a few weeks ago. Ray Dittinger's a famous journalist around the Philadelphia area. He's covered Philadelphia sports for a long time for like the daily news. And he's been on the radio forever and he just retired. And he's like one of the last ones, man, to to your point where I'm just like, that guy is just, he wants to tell the story, right? Like there's no spin to it. It, it, This is the story. This is my honest analysis. This is what I see. Right. And I just, right. There's not enough of them anymore. There's not. You're right. And it's it's a shame that this is what the, the controversy we're talking about. I mean, I was right. even – I was even, I, I just had like a sports talk show on – I mean, not sports talk show, a, a TV show on yesterday. I forget which one it even was. You have the game – what's it g- about to be game six of the NBA right. finals? And they're talking about is Anthony Davis a top seven player in basketball? And, and I topic? saw the
2: take from that. Oh, my I'm like, God. I'm so glad I don't watch Oh,
1: Anthony. yeah, yeah. I heard that one too, the Stephen A one, right? And I'm just like – but I'm like, why is that what we're talking about? Just because right. you just want two
2: sides. Like the, 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 the Lakers did have the Lakers? make the playoffs, correct? Oh, they were
1: bad this year. Yeah, they were bad. They were like, below 500. Why are they were we bad talking team. about
2: Anthony Davis? Exactly. It, because it's not about them. like wh- whatever happened. Like having matchups and X's and O's and all this kind of stuff. It's it's all about like it's it's all about like getting the, the they. Everybody wants the hot take. They want that one minute clip that's going to go viral. As opposed to man, they had a great discussion about this. Analysis and this X's and O's and all that kind of stuff, and and it and it, it sickens me. I mean, look, I'll be honest. You, you got to make tough decisions in this business, and and at the end of the day, if if you're if you're this is the when there's so much money in in the media, it's like, well, I can't report this because our biggest donor is, you know, what we would this negative story would be about. So it, it just. I mean, do you think my life would have been easier the last five years if I would have just jumped on the Brian Kelly, you know, love train like everybody else? Yeah, would have a big time would have. But it wasn't it wasn't how I what I built now. I could have been wrong, but I was giving you my honest opinion. And, and that's the thing that just it just it, it bothers me and it just kind of sickens me. And, and Dennis Dodd is like the epitome of that from a a journalism standpoint or a writer standpoint. It's, it's just like, you can't take any of that clown so seriously. And I, and then, you know, and then we got to deal with this crap instead of talking about what we wanted to talk about. So. And
1: I know we're, we're 31 minutes in and we haven't even talked yeah. about what we actually wanted to talk about right. today, which is a, a shame. But I, I think that this is important, right? Because honestly, and this is a, a big clap for you, like, honestly, right? Like you have built a site that is built upon integrity and honesty yeah. and putting out good content. We're so, going to be
2: wrong. We have been yeah. wrong. Right. But you're all you, here's the thing I whether you like me or not, agree with me or not, like the show or not, what I what I hope people will always say is and I know that they don't because there's idiots everywhere is that you know he he's at least telling you what he thinks. It's what he truly believes. Sure. Whether I'm right or wrong, whether I'm on on the same page with everybody else or I'm giving you something completely different. If I'm giving you an opinion on something that's completely different from everybody else, it's not to stand out. It's cuz that's what I honestly believe. Sure, and that's what I've told Ryan from the minute he got hired. Don't ever feel like you have to agree with me because I said it. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't ever th- feel like you have to take on the same opinion I do. And um, you know, there, you know that that's Spanky. You're killing me, man. You would not have sacked me, okay? You would not have sacked me. Let it go. Let it go. You're but we, <laughs> do,
1: but we do appreciate the super chat, Spanky. <laughs> yes, we, we do. do.
2: <laughs> I'm texting him as soon as this shuts <laughs> up. <man. laughs> That's my guy. Anyway, I want to move on, Ryan, because uh, we, we've we've allowed this clown to take up enough of our time. So uh, we do have a little bit of recruiting news we want to go over first uh, mm-hmm. before we dive into our main topic, which is about the Notre Dame football team. Because we've been talking so much recruiting uh, the last few months, it's just yep. like every time we think recruiting is going to slow down and we can get back to the team, they go that out and get mean. three huge commitments last week, and yep. uh, and then we're 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 postponed again. Yep. So Ryan, let's transition a little bit. Uh, we have learned today, and I believe I believe Tom Lloyd was the first to report it. I'm not certain of that. So if somebody else did, no disrespect intended, but I believe Tom was the first to report it. We've been able to confirm and do a little bit of digging on this that Notre Dame has canceled the official visit this weekend for Christian Hamilton. Mm-hmm. He is the wide receiver from North Carolina. Ryan and I both liked this film. Uh, I think he was a good player. Didn't think no. he was a like top hunter guy, but a good player uh, filled mm-hmm. a role that uh, he didn't. And so a lot of people ask, you know, you know why. Well, Ryan, basically comes down to Notre Dame likes where they're at right now, and they're going to focus their time on other on closing on other places instead of trying to push for a guy that they liked but didn't necessarily love. Right. And I kind of put him in the same category as like Malik Elzey in regards to how he's viewed. Is we like the kid. He's a good player. In other years, this might be a guy we want, but in this year, when you look at the board – I just think there was other guys on the board that they liked better. You can agree
1: or disagree with their decision, but there's just
2: other guys that they like better, and they would rather focus on closing on those guys at this point in time.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's said perfectly, right? Like, Because, I mean, I honestly, and we've talked about this, I like Christian Christian Hamilton for that slot role. Mm -hmm. I probably would have been a take for me, I mean, to be Mm -hmm. very honest, and to put it fully at transparency. This is not the fact that Notre Dame canceled the visit is now moving on from Christian Hamilton – is not going to change my opinion. I think Christian's right. going to be a really good, good football player. college yeah. football player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that he fits that slot role so well with his ability yeah. ability to man- manipulate space. I will say the positive of this is if Notre Dame made this move, that tells you that they feel better about where they yeah. are with Ronan Hannafin, Micah Tees, Jaden Greathouse, the, the what the board Rico is Flores. Rico yeah. Flores, the board outside of Christian Howard. Here's
2: what I also think it means. I also think think it means that they are more and more focusing on Mike Otis as being an offensive guy. I, I think that and, and you know, just reaching out to some sources, that's i I've kind of said I, I feel good about saying that, right? And, and so that's, so somebody said, are they only take four. No, they still are pushing for five. Four is the minimum. That's the number. They got to get four. They're only going to, they were always only going to ever take five. It was the right five. And one of those guys had to be a guy that could have some positional flexibility. Well, they're pushing for two guys like that, Ronan Hannafin and Mike Catiz. But what I think this, not pushing for Malik Elzey, not bringing in Christian Hamilton, it, to me tells me that, that, that they feel good about the, the four, the first four. Mm-hmm. and then with with Mike Atiz, that they're really going to kind of zero in on him being that that guy because Mike Teez fills that role as well Mike Teez mm-hmm. fills that and i would actually argue that i feel i feel like Mike Teez brings a little bit more outside receiver and this is something you and i were Agreed. talking about about Christian Hamilton you like him a little bit more than i do but it's close mm-hmm. you you know i view him sure. as like a top 150 this mm-hmm. 175 kind of guy I think yep. you probably have him like what one twenty five to one twenty five to one fifty, right? Yeah, so we're really parking. close. He's a good uh-huh. football player. It's just I don't think they want to go to five for a good football player. They want to go to five for a guy they really like. And and I also believe, uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, that you and I both like Micah Tease better than him as a player, even as just a receiver, right? Like right. take away that I think Micah Tease is better on defense than he is on offense same he's still a better wide receiver i think than christian hamilton because i think he's got a little bit more juice i'll say this i think christian is a more natural wide receiver that's the thing i like about him like he's a very natural offensive player yeah where like with ronan hannafin and micah tees they're just athlete athletic guys that are still learning you know they're kind of they play both sides and, and i think that they view the athleticism as better obviously ronan hannafin not only is he faster than christian hamilton but he's a lot bigger than christian hamilton and then with Micah Tease, I think they like the fact that he's got a little bit more juice and the fact that he can play two positions. So if Micah Tease doesn't make it at receiver, you right. could still find a home for him. Mm-hmm. But I think what this shows, you don't make this move, Ryan, mm-hmm. if you don't think you at least have a shot to close on Micah Tease and Rico Flores and Jaden Greathouse and Rona Hannafin. Absolutely. You also don't make this move if you're still leaning towards just giving Micah Tease a shot at receiver and then moving him to defense. Right. You're making this move because you're willing to go all in on giving him an opportunity to play wide receiver,
1: for legitimate you. opportunity, right? Like not just not just a not just a you know a slap on the contract and then eventually you can take it a different way, right? Like that's not that's not what this move is. And I think that that's the player that most signifies there's more because we talked about all those players, and I think that we feel we still feel even though Jaden Greathouse pushed his commitment date back, yeah. right. We still feel good about Great House. Something we feel to
2: change there, Ryan.
1: It's right, exactly. So we still feel good about that one. You still feel really good about Ronan. You yeah. feel good about Rico as long as, He's you know, depending probably one on what I
2: feel him. least confident in of the right. four that we feel Notre Dame's leading for right now.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then Mike Atteese has kind of been the question, right? It's like USC, Notre Dame, Oklahoma's out of the picture. What like what is his allegiance? Because he's a tough guy to get a read on at times, mm-hmm. right? And he obviously likes Notre Dame a ton, but we know he also likes USC. Like, and he's for sure gonna be a wide receiver at USC. Like there's no doubt about it, mm-hmm. right? So
2: Ryan, have they been on him? I mean, that, has that been the position that they've pushed for him from the I, beginning?
1: I, I think it's been the, okay. the whole time. Yeah, if I if I yeah. remember correctly, I, I don't even think they've ever even mentioned defense for him for, at USC. So, because I know Oklahoma was, they wanted him at safety, right? And USC, I believe, has always been wide receiver. So, I, but I think that this is an indication that. Notre Dame feels very good about where they are. Micah T's even more than we do currently. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I know I, I felt good about it for a while. And then I, mean, I kind of teetered down a little bit. You've kind of been a little down on it for a while and, you know, deservingly. So with, with just some of the tea leaves when you kind of read everything. So they must feel good about that one because now they're putting themselves in the situation. I mean, let's call it what it is. If they, now, they canceled the Christian Hamilton visit, so if they don't close like a Micah then there is no slot in this. In this, There's no true slot yeah, in this I mean, There's they, not. Yeah. It, it, yeah. They,
2: they've they got to basically hit a home run to have that kind of player. Now, again, I think in Tommy Reese's offense, he doesn't feel that he has to have the traditional slot, the Xavier Bradshaw type, the Christian Hamilton type. I think he feels he could put a Jaden Greathouse in the slot. Last year, he was pushing for T.J. Williams in the slot. Uh, just because of the type of pro-cell offense he has. I personally think that they need guys who can make plays after the catch. I think every offense at college that's going to be running RPOs needs that. Absolutely. Of course, there's different ways to do that. And I think, you know, Braylon James can do that in in different ways. I mean, so I think that is something that I think is missing. But I also, you got to look at it like in their view, it's like, but do we take a guy who we think is a good player, but not a difference maker simply because he fills a stylistic need that we have? Right. And when you look at the – and we've talked about this before, Ryan. When you look at the 2024 receiver board, there's a lot of guys like that on the board like that. Yeah, there is. So I think that's part of it, too. It's like, look, if we take him as our fifth guy, if we take Christian Hammond as our fifth guy and we like Christian Hammonds, just again, this is this is not a, oh, they liked him and now he's going somewhere else and he's not good. He's a good football player. But if you take him, that's one less scholarship you can use next year if you miss on Micah T's. And we've warned before, you got to be careful not to completely rebuild your depth chart in one year. What I think you do is you take four that you like now, and and then you, you know, hey, look, we're, we're going to need a fifth guy for a year, so let's go get a grad transfer next year that can give depth. Because the one thing that fans have to remember is, yes, Notre Dame needs numbers. But for the next couple of years, they're not hurting for alphas. That's the thing is they don't need Jordan Addison to transfer in for them to be okay. They have right. the p- players with that potential Lorenzo Styles, Tobias Murrayweather, Deion Colsey, you know, and then this incoming class, which already has a top 100 recruit in Braylon James. And if you add a Ronan Hannafin and you add a, a Jaden Greathouse, and, and, you, and you know, if you're getting in a situation where like Jaden Thomas and Rico Flores, you're like, you're like eight, nine receivers, you're in a pretty good place for sure. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think their thing is we'd rather take four guys that we really like this year. And then use that fifth spot for next year if we can't get a guy this year that we also really like, and they really like Micah Tease. Right. So I think that's also you, you, you can't rebuild it in one year because what's going to happen is if you bring in five guys now, and and one of those guys really can't play. Well, what if Christian realizes in a year, like, dude, I'm the tenth guy on a ten t- in the ten man depth chart. Like, they're not going to play me, and then sure. he leaves, and now you're back to square one. But now you've missed all those months of potentially recruiting an extra kid in next year's class. Mm -hmm. I think those are the explanations for it. I'm not necessarily saying that's what I believe. I'm just saying like, these are the things you have to consider when you look at how to put a roster together. And and again, so I'm not necessarily taking an opinion on it, Mm -hmm. but I understand it. And and these are the things that go into these types. It's not as easy as just like, we like him or not. I mean, sometimes you like a guy, but you're like, yeah, I like that guy, but we just can't take him right now. There's defensive linemen that this staff likes. There's no doubt that I think, Ryan, that they could have pushed for and maybe got, but it's like, but no, because he's not quite the level that we're looking for in this class. Same right. thing a linebacker. There's good linebackers that they, that they liked, but they're just like, you know, if we're going to bring in a linebacker, it needs to be a guy that we really like. And they really yeah. liked Preston Zinner. They really liked Drake Bowen. They really liked Jaden Osbury and Darren Gallette. Those are the guys they really liked. So that's why they didn't push as hard for Tamir Robinson. Right, that's mm-hmm. so why they didn't push as hard for Phil Pachati. Good football players,
1: yeah, I like Phil a lot. You know, yeah. but guys, uh-huh.
2: that are just like, but we like other guys better, and we're not going to take a guy just to take a guy just because he's a good football player. We're going to really make sure that we're building our depth chart smart and spreading these things out a little bit more. I think that's a, and it's certainly understandable and wise strategy, in my opinion.
1: All I'll say is if if they if Notre Dame ends up with a five-man class of Braylon James, hypothetically, of course, Braylon James. Well, that's one that's not hypothetical because he's in the class.
3: <laughs> Braylon James,
1: Ronan Hannafin, Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores, and Mike Tees I don't think anybody's going to be upset about that, right? Like, that is a really good wide receiver group. The one thing I'll say, though, Brian, is there is a little uneasiness, because in my opinion, I would love to hear if you, if you, if you mm-hmm. agree with this or if you have a little bit of a difference of an opinion. For me... Christian Hamilton, I think, is a little more ready to play than, let's say, a Micah Tease as a true receiver. So I'm looking at this now, and I'm just kind of like, Braylon James, I think, is going to be a star. But is he going to give you everything year one that you want? In, in right, a, is
2: he a guy that can come in and be a right, 40, 50 a catch day guy? one guy,
1: right. right. So you're looking at him, Ronan Hannafin, I kind of feel the same way. Like long-term, outstanding, but short-term, what are you going to get back, right? And then you got Micah Tease, who we've talked about. It's it's a little raw as a full-time receiver because he isn't a full-time wide receiver right now. Mm-hmm. Rico Flores, I think has a little bit of that where he can come in. I think he could compete for though, but the, the uneasiness for me is now Notre Dame also needs to land Jaden Greathouse. They right. need to, in my opinion. And right. again, there was a lot of uneasiness on the board when I kind of dropped that the recruitment date's going to be pushed back. But if you don't get Jaden Greathouse now in this five man class, you don't really have a, a lot of guys that are, cause like you said, you don't need a guy to be a dude next year on uh, uh, necessarily you're going to have lorenzo right. styles and tobias but you do and need Deon somebody Coles that can come and, in right but you do need somebody that can come in and can take some snaps at least one football. guy in
2: this class at least right. one guy in this class has to play as a freshman you're absolutely right ryan I'll, I'll i'll i don't disagree with what you're saying at all i think of the between him and Mike Atiz, i think this is what i was saying earlier like that's what i that's what i meant by he's the more natural receiver knows how to run routes. He knows how to work against zones where Micah T's is just sort of an, a really good athlete. And that tends to happen with guys that are two way players. Like I said, I say the same thing about Ronan Hannafin Ronan Hannafin dominates in high school. Cause he's just freaking athletic and bigger and stronger. He's and bigger and faster than, I mean, he's than everybody just, else. He's, yep. and, and he's, he's a great football player, but he's not necessarily a technical football player yet. And he's more fundamentally sound on defense. Cause that's the position he's played longer. And so with like, with those guys, it's, it's like, But as I've said a million times as a coach, Ryan, give me the more athletic guy, the more explosive guy, the guy with the higher upside, because I think in the slot, in the slot specifically, I don't think that stuff is as important as for a freshman. If you've got that, hey, just get him the ball and let him go do what he's got to do. I can game plan for that. I can, or I can scheme for that if that guy's good enough to get on the field. Just
1: running arrows and and screens. And yeah, yeah, I get that. Get
2: you some looks. It's not that hard to teach you how to do a crossing route, right? I mean, it's not that hard to, it's a lot easier to teach a kid how to run four yards and then reroute based on how the guy is is setting, you know, so to slip underneath or get outside or, you know, use my hands. It's a lot easier to teach that than a kid who's never had to get off a press before against Cam Hart. You know what I mean? It's just, some of those things are a little easier to teach. And if a kid isn't doing that, there's more you can do with a slot to get him in motion, to move them, to stack them behind that can kind of clean up some of that stuff. So if you need that, you can get that out of him. And so when I look at the 2023 receiver depth chart, you know, you, let's say Tobias Merriweather and, and, and Dion Colsey both break out to a degree this year. Right. And, and, Tobias is your X, Deion's your W, and I'm and I'm feeling completely fine with Lorenzo Styles dominating out of the slot, and he can move outside too, and you can move guys around and all that kind of stuff. And then you look at a guy like Jaden Thomas, who I think can play everywhere. I think Jaden Thomas can be sort of a, a, a kind of a, a handyman, right? Can do a little Swiss bit. Swiss Army knife. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a really good one too. There is he can play a little he can play a little X, can play a little W. Yeah. You know, then you bring in Braylon James, you can play the outside slot spots. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Ronan Hannafin get some work in at the slot early on.
1: Big slot, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Same
2: with Jaden Greathouse. One of those two guys, I would try to work in with with Lorenzo
1: early on. We've we've talked yeah. about Jaden a lot in the slot. Yeah. I, I like. I mean, if that's your style, I because because right. he's a different type of after catch player than right. a Micah Tease is going to be. Obviously, right. but he can do some work after the catch, man. He's got right. like kind of that physical slip type of type Correct. of build to him.
2: Yep. If I'm running Clemson's offense, there's no way in heck I'm putting Ronan Hannafin and Jaden Greenhouse in the slot. No way. Because they run a different offense. They run a a, a spread where that guy's got to be a dynamic after the catch guy. Not having that guy is why I've been, one of the reasons why I was critical of Clemson's offense going into last year's, because they didn't have that guy and they need that. Notre Dame's offense is different. It's a vertically oriented pass game that's not as wrapped up into the slot RPOs and those type of things. And you know, and, and so th- that's the thing is there's there's plenty they can do with what they have to be effective. I mean, we saw Jaden Thomas get a get a jet sweep, or was it a jet sweep? Was it was a jet sweep, and then make Ramon Henderson miss in space, right? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. There's some things that he can do from that position. I, we, you know, like you said, Jaden Greathouse can make plays after the catch. It's just different than Micah Tease. Absolutely. It's more catch a catch an option route, make that guy miss, and then get space and, and do some damage where Micah Tease can take a look screen, make some guys miss, and then, use that speed to to crease a guy yep and and so it's just different and then you just would know what you have and you would game plan for it because i think lorenzo styles isn't necessarily he's a guy he can take a bubble screen and a look screen but that's not necessarily his primary strengths he can do those his primary strengths are vertical downfield route running you know ball skills but he can also do those other things which is why we're so high on on lorenzo as a player but i just feel like you don't need to force the slot issue that was also – it's also part of my reason why I'm still frustrated they didn't take Xavion Bradshaw last year. Yeah. Because I felt like he – to me, I graded him out higher than Christian Hamilton because Xavion is more explosive than Christian Hamilton was. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like that's that that's a bigger miss to me than not taking Christian Hamilton. Because if you'd have taken Xavion Bradshaw last year, we're not having this conversation.
1: Yeah. Xavion. Um, not Xavier. Christian reminds me of, and I know we're comparing it a little bit to Rodney Gallagher too, because that was kind of the quote unquote replacement, right, for a Rodney Gallagher. Gallagher always seemed to me he was a wide receiver playing quarterback, obviously on his level. Right. Christian Hamilton, it seems like more like a quarterback that transitioned to wide receiver, right? Because he's not like yeah. the he's not the straight line fast guy, but he's a guy that understands spacing and has good awareness to his mm-hmm. movements, right? So, yeah, I mean, again. I think I probably would have taken Christian Hamilton in this class if it was my decision, but I definitely understand why. And I, again, I think there is good indicators of why they're making this move. I think there is potentially good things to follow. I think there's a little bit, there's a final piece to this too, Ryan, Mm -hmm. which is, I think they're
2: betting on themselves a little bit too, True. which there's always risk involved in that. But, I would rather you do that than not take the swings because here's the deal. If you get, let's say they got Christian Hamilton on campus this weekend. And again, we like Christian Hamilton. And if he would have committed Notre Dame, we'd have wrote real positive stories about it and had a really positive thing to say about it. But the final piece of when we do the what's next is here's the reality. This means you cannot take Hannafin, Greathouse, Flores, and Micah Somebody got to say no to. And I think when they did their evaluation, they said, I would rather take that shot knowing that we're not getting Christian Hamilton than the other way around because if the, the other the other thing I'll say to you Ryan and, and and I'm curious if you agree with this or disagree with this I feel like a guy like Christian Hamilton is a little easier to find than a guy like Mike Atiz because I agree. of the fact yeah. that Mike Atiz not that they're necessarily tremendously different as receivers and I said why I like Mike Atiz better Yep but again, Mike Attese is a guy that could go start for you in another position if he doesn't pan out on offense. If if Christian Hamilton comes and he's ninth guy at receiver, you can move him where? Right? Right. Whereas right. with Mike Attese, if he's I mean, again, he's gonna get a legitimate shot. I'm talking about if Mike Attese doesn't move up the depth chart, mm-hmm. he's too good to just sit there on the bench. If there's a need somewhere else, you can move him somewhere else. I would personally give him a shot at the position he wants to play. I'm adamant about that. That's more my personal conviction because I went through that in in college myself uh, and having not getting that shot. So it's, I'm, I'm, I have a biased opinion towards that, but I think that's another reason too, Ryan is, is, I feel like they're, they like obviously Rico Flores better. Mm -hmm. They like obviously Ronan Hannafin better and Jane Greathouse better. I mean, those two are the top of the board of the, Uncommitted guys, the un, the guys who aren't you know publicly committed in Notre Dame right now. It's, it's Hannafin and Greathouse, and then Flores is also a guy they really like a lot. And they've liked him. I mean, they like him more than I mean. In, in full disclosure, Ryan, I think yeah. Well, I won't speak for both of us. I'll let you speak for yourself. Full mm-hmm. disclosure, I I they like Ron, Rico Flores a lot more than I do. I think he's a good player, but I think Notre Dame's higher on him than I am. Sure, at this point in time, uh, and, and that's the one where I think we could have a more of a debate about mm-hmm. is. You know, would you rather take Christian Hamilton or Rico Flores? That would that, that, be a more interesting discussion.
1: That that would be the conversation for me, to be honest, because I, I do think Rico's another guy that could play a little bit in the slot, yeah, too. So that could be some potential there as well. I, I think that the staff is going to value a Micah And I mean, I do anyway. I value Micah over Christian Hamilton is, is the slot option in the class, because I agree like Christian Hamilton is going to be a slot in college. Like that's just mm-hmm. all that's probably all he's going to be. And there's nothing wrong with that. Cause you could be a dynamic player for that role, but I think Mike Atiz could play to the field a little bit too. I think he could play outside a little bit because I think he's got more juice to him, right? Like I think mm-hmm. that he can press vertically a little bit more and he can have upside as an outside route runner. So I, I don't disagree with it. It's just, again, you are betting on yourself though. You, you need to, and, and we've we've applauded this staff so far. I mean, we just had a recruiting show on Monday where we basically spent two hours just saying Notre Dame is the best thing ever. Best thing since sliced bread, <laughs> right? Recruiting. Oh, but no, now- no, I really like a good sandwich. Uh, I do like a good sandwich too. But um, they are putting themselves in a position where you have to close. You have to. Right. Like, if not, right. the board is not expanded. It is getting smaller. Right. It is not getting bigger. There's not a lot of options left on the board. Right. Options, And I applaud them for this. They are going after options that they love. Like you said, they're not taking players that they like. They are only taking players that they love in this class. And I I give them full credit for that. No doubt about it.
2: They're betting on themselves. And as we said earlier, the risk with that is, is if you place the bet improperly, you're left with nothing, right? Like it's like going all in on the roulette table. Like (laughs) you better hit this. It's like going all in on black or going all in on red, right? Like every time you have or putting it on one number. Like if this hit, if that number comes up, boy, whoo, whoo, you're going to be all right. But if it doesn't, you're going home and you're 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 doing this to get home. You're hitchhiking home, right? Because you got nothing. And that's where they are finishing off the D line. That's kind of where they are at linebacker. It's where they are at corner. Honestly, right now, although it's not quite because there is Josiah Wagner, you know, coming in this weekend. So uh, it's what they're doing for the third safety. It's what they're doing at running back it's what they're doing in a lot of positions. I mean, really, other than offensive line and corner, they're in a position now, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, where if they don't land the guys they have on the board, they're just not going to have anybody else at that, right? And, and O-line kind of because, again, there's two guys left on the board.
3: Mm-hmm. They,
2: they, we believe they would take both. That's what we've been told. They would try to do whatever they can do to make it work. Uh, with Monroe, Freeling, and Charles Jagasaw, but receiver now there's nobody there's nobody else on the board beyond who the takes are except maybe Malik Elzie, right? Yeah, but you're not going to take Malik Elzie, I don't think, because you missed on Micah Tees. You would mm-hmm. take Malik Elzie if you missed on Jaden Greathouse or Ronan Hannifin or somebody like that. And then corner, you know, you've got three for two basically. Linebacker, it's Jaden Osbury, Samuel and Pemba. They would take both, and that's it. Right. I mean, there's nobody if they miss on those guys. Defensive line, there's nobody if they miss on those guys. And if they want a third safety, I don't believe there's anybody on the board but Caleb Downs. So, yeah, they're very much in a, okay, we're betting on our ability to close situation. And right. so far, I can understand why they have the confidence in themselves that they do because they've pretty much, you know, there's been some misses, but for the most part, they've kind of gotten who they've wanted. Yeah, and so I can understand. I can understand their optimism. In that
1: there's, and there's and there's always going to be some misses, right? And I, I, I mean, this is this is new, Brian. I mean, we're, we're like you just mentioned Malik Elzy. Malik Elzy on Rivals is ranked as the 110 player in the country. He's good football uh, player, yeah, he's a good yeah. football player. I don't think he's quite the 110 best player in the country. No, he's right? like
2: more in the Mike Miles Boykin range, like one eighty right. to two ten, sure, know, 220, 230 is more of where I would have him. Yeah,
1: and Notre Dame is killing it so much on the recruiting trail. That we're not even talking about Malik Elzy, right? Like right. he isn't he is a I mean, let's let's be honest, he's a plan B type of player. Like it, it's a we might take him if we miss out on player X, Y, Z. And, right? and I'll say
2: this, they like Malik Elzy. Sure. I, yeah. I I have I have every time I've ever talked to source over there, it's always no, we really like Malik Elsey. Like he's a good football player. It's just there's a couple guys that you know you, you at some point in time you have to make, okay, do we like this guy better or not? You know, and and but like you said, Ryan, there's nobody that I know that's like, nah, he's not that good. He's not a right. kid. And in other years, they, he'd be a no brainer take. I'd have taken him over more in Walker last year any day of the week, mm-hmm. you know, like 100 percent. It's just this is a unique year where you've got some really talented kids on the board and, you know, you're, you're able to take advantage of potentially getting two kids from Texas due to the fact that your receivers coach had that connection. Yep. I mean that's the other thing is if you don't hire Chancey stucky, I don't know if they're in a situation where they where they're 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 in the same situation with Drayden Greathouse. Uh, you know, maybe Malik Elzie would have been a take by then or not. You know, so it's, it's all those things kind of play into it. But uh yeah, it uh it's they're definitely betting on themselves, Ryan. Right? There's no doubt about that. <laughs>